episode 167 of the American Entrepreneur Podcast. Entrepreneurs and spiritual parasites. So I'm going to read you Very interesting passage about my life over the last year. So I'm 28. There's a lot of people that over you know the last actually 10 months have been. very concerned with my trajectory um kind of see me as like a lost soul and it's very confusing to me I usually wouldn't address things like this You see, what I've learned in this game is if something pisses you off, probably pisses other people off. I have a friend, somebody who matters a lot to me, who shared an article with me that said, complaining is a good thing sometimes. And it helps you connect with people. I'd have to agree. You know why? Because I'm sure what you're thinking is that's fucking crazy. Why would you complain? Well, when you click on videos on the internet, let me ask you a question and see if you get it right. Because you might not. You might get this wrong. Do you think people click on more videos that have to do with negativity? Or do you think people click on more videos that have to do with positivity? My friends, in order to make negative emotions go away, you have to address them. That is why people are people think they're addicted to negative emotions. I don't think that's true at all. I think people already have negative emotions and in order to get rid of them, they need to label them and that makes them go away. I think causation, correlation isn't causation and people who think that people getting things off their chest are being negative. I think some of the most negative people on the face of the planet are people who bottle things up. I think those are the true serial killers in the night you have to look out for it's the people who never have complaints and so the reason i'm sharing this with you guys in particular you entrepreneurs out there you salespeople, business owners people who want to be successful in all the things that you do is because somebody's got to say 
And if you feel like you haven't got this off your chest, and somebody's going to get it off your chest for you right now. So this is a passage I wrote. Last year, I worked from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day, 60 plus hours, 12 hours a day. I only didn't work more because the company wouldn't let me get more. I got off, I ran a mile, I did push-ups and sit-ups, and then I ate from 8 to 10. All right, so you see how my day is sorting out here. It's going to be the day I had. From 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., I studied for cybersecurity. For those of you who know, I was studying for the CompTIA Security Plus. I was also doing Hack the Box and Kali Linux with Hack the Box, Kali Linux Essentials. For those of you who don't know, that's hacking. It's computer computer hacking, cybersecurity, programs, software, learning material, and certifications. Now, from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., I taught night classes to new hackers and college graduates. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday in the afternoon. 11 p.m. to 1 p.m., I listened to business and religious podcasts and videos. And six months, after working 60 hours a week, running a mile and working out every day, teaching, mind you, I didn't go to college for this. I was teaching college graduates how to do this. In six months, I passed the Security Plus, which 50% of the Air Force fails their first time taking it. It was required for a Department of Defense clearance. During this time, I worked with marketing clients in my free time, which took much less time. Um, and so I quit that job and started going 100% on marketing. I boosted our prices from $200 a month to $2,500 a month. And built a world-class sales program that is like nothing I've ever seen in my life at any company I've ever worked at. Now, my friends, I used to work 240 hours a month to make 3200 a month. I repeat that number because this is going to blow your fucking mind. 240 hours a month for $3,200 a month. And then I went to working eight hours. So from 240 hours to eight hours. And made 2500 So let me run you those numbers again. I work eight hours a month and make 2500 I used to work to make 3200 240 Yes, you're hearing the numbers correctly. From eight hours to 240 2500 for eight hours or 3200 for 240 hours. Which one would you do? Write that out if that doesn't make sense to you. Okay. My intuition is mathematically and tangibly. Trust your intuition, guys. My intuition is 10 times more valuable by mathematic standards than any of the advice I've ever been given. I used to work 80 plus hours a week 
in my early 20s doing sales. It's kind of funny because never in this year than in this year of my life have I had more people look at me like a lost person who has accomplished nothing and has no idea what they're what they want in life or where they're going. Now, not everyone. You talk to any of my friends who are entrepreneurs, salespeople. They all know exactly where I'm headed. And I love that because I love those people and I want to go there with them. Because I'm going there either way. So the people who get it, oh my God, such a blessing in my life. I'd love to go there with you. At the amount of the amount of people that I've had basically say, hey man, I don't know why you're like sitting in your room on the computer for like eight hours, but I think it's, I think it's time you get a job. How the fuck do you think I'm paying my rent? How the fuck do you think I'm affording any of the things I'm doing? And, and so this, their perspective is, hey man, I know like you're on Facebook or whatever, but like, you know, when I was your age, like, you know, I was, I was kind of the same way, but sooner or later you'll grow up and, well, that's not that bad, but let me tell you what is fucking annoying is when I attempt to explain to these people, they're like, "Mm, don't want to hear it. Nope. I'm just telling you, I don't want to argue with you. I'm just letting you know sooner or later you have to grow up. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. I don't want to hear it. I told you the way I feel. Fuck you. Okay. Every time I've ever attempted to push myself up in life, I've been met with extreme fucking resistance. I've I've never been met with resistance when I did something subpar. Not once. Every time I've done something completely colored in the lines, something that would make little to no significant impact in my life, I've had crowds of people cheering behind me. It's when I attempted to do something higher than that that people have tried to hold me back. So listen, for those of you who want to be top performers in everything you do, as you work upwards, they will criticize you and they will glorify themselves. Does that sound familiar? As you succeed, they will demonize you and victimize themselves. Does... Does that sound familiar? When you start to win, they will make you look bad and have pity on themselves and win. And you will be a lost moron to them in your path. And then when you succeed, they'll see you as an arrogant, rude prick. You can't win. For those of you who need somebody to reaffirm this to you, You cannot win trapped in the image of projection of a sorry fucking loser. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. As you work upwards, they'll criticize you and glorify themselves. And when you succeed, they'll demonize you and victimize themselves. You can't win trapped in the image and the projection of a sorry fucking loser. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Stay the fucking course, my friends. I'm here to tell you, focus, 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 focus. And when the world thinks you're done, focus a hundred times more. And when you've reached your limits, focus a hundred times more. And then focus some more. 
Bench players are whiners. Second place is for competitors. First place is for winners. Bench players are whiners. Second place is for competitors. First place is for winners. My friends, you shouldn't want to understand why people think the way that they do. You shouldn't want to understand second place, and you shouldn't want to understand bench players. I don't care. Their viruses can die alone. A hundred sales interviews a week for me. Four group interviews. 25 people each interview. 50 salespeople hired in two weeks. 25 salespeople hired a week. 2,000 meetings in two months. 1,000 meetings a month. 250 meetings a week. One in five meetings close. That's 400 sales closed in two months. That's 200 deals closed in a month. That's 50 deals closed a week. That's a million dollars gross revenue a month. Let me tell you what I've learned in my life that I bet you're going through too, if you really are. If you're pushing yourself in life, you're going to resonate with all of this, and you already have, for a fucking reason. You know how few people do this? You know how few people really do this? <laughs> you know how fucking few people actually do what they say they're going to do? I'm not saying I want pity or anybody owes me shit. What I am saying is the same people who demonize me and pretend that I want pity as soon as I beat their fucking asses and they drop from first place to bottom place want pity. The fact that the same exact people who demonize you on your way up victimize themselves when you succeed is infuriating. It pisses me the fuck off. Yes, I've hit rough spots in my life. I've never asked for pity. I'll figure it out. Sleep outside if I have to. I'm not asking for pity. And you know what people say? Well, maybe if you could just let go stop being arrogant and just admit you're a loser like all of us some people define being human as being a loser the difference being there's ups and downs in life some people just identify with the downs in life some people identify with the pits and valleys in life and then when you go through pits and valleys, you know what they say? See, I told you you were like me. <laughs> you don't want to understand how bench players work, dude. The least fucking thing you need for your psyche is to understand how being in second place works. Competition is unhealthy. Thank you, Grant Cardone, for saying this and implanting it in my head. 
in my early 20s. Competition is not healthy. Whoever the fuck told you competition is healthy? Competition sharpens me, but it doesn't sharpen me to be competitive. It sharpens me to make me number one. The reason the competition matters to me is because I don't see myself as a competitor. I see myself as number one, and I see all the number twos around me as bricks that are laying out the kingdom that I'm building. Iron sharpens iron. There is no such thing as number two. There's number one now, number one being built in the past, and number one in the making. That's it. There is no such fucking thing as number two. You're allowed to have rough patches and valleys in life. You're not allowed to identify with rough patches and valleys. Go ahead and try. See where it gets you. My friends, do not try to understand why people sit on the bench and criticize the player. Do not try to understand the competitive nature of a bunch of people in second place. All of these things are merely bricks to build the golden palace that is your number one kingdom that is being built for you every single day. The thing is, I've been through hardships, but those people who want you to identify with them, those people who say, oh, come on, man, give yourself a break so I can sit around and bitch like you. I've had so many people tell me, people I care about, nonetheless, I can care about you and extremely disagree with the bullshit coming out of your mouth. Say, hey, man, some people are just satisfied with where they're at, you know. You could never be like, you know, you have a problem. Like, you can't just be satisfied with number two. Those same people, you'll find bitching and complaining about being number two. They'll tell you that there's something wrong with you for being number one. And then they'll sit around and bitch all day about being number two. Don't sell me that stupid fucking bullshit of, oh, I'm content with things not being better. No, I'm I'm fine with not getting what it is that I feel that I should have. That's fine with me. Until they don't get what they want, then watch them. Listen, man, you don't want to understand those people. You don't want to understand number three or number two. You want to understand number one. And one of the axioms of some of you are going to think this is crazy. One of the axioms of Scientology is identity. And the problem with identity is you identify with basically the past. And so Scientologists may use this differently, but this is how I use this. You can't fucking identify with your losses because everyone has losses. And people who try to get you to identify this, there's two ways they do it. 
you're being a dick for going up or you're being unempathetic to yourself. You got to give yourself a break and just, you know, let nature destroy you and erode you and entropy take away from you every now and again. No, the fuck I don't. Nature is going to try to take away from me whether I let it do that or not. I'm not going to assist nature in its entropy against my existence. Nature will take away from me without me assisting it. Thank you very much. You have to understand, my friends. Focus. Focus, 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 focus. There's a reason that I don't move back. There's a reason you guys shouldn't go hang out with all the limiting beliefs you've had. They're like parasites. They're like legitimate parasites. Christians call them sins. Scientologists say they're aliens coming to your brain. You know, you'll have magicians, spiritualists, witches say that there's they're dark souls, they're dark spirits. Those festering fucking parasites that you feed, the realities that the people around you feed, the culmination of beliefs that we plug into. I read this book called Wired for Culture when I was younger going through shit in a psych ward. And in Wired for Culture, it talked about how amoeba... And the jungle will band together. Even though they know that 99% of those amoeba will die. The ones at the top will fly off in the wind and survive. When an animal's depressed, it goes under a... Goes under a porch to die alone. There's something about our natural instinct to make what we identify with outlive us. And so if you have a shitty culture, you will sacrifice yourself for the need of that. Now ask yourself what you're sacrificing yourself for. If you're sacrificing yourself for the fucking belief that we're all losers what the fuck are you doing dude if your claim to fame is that you're a martyr to the fact that we're all human which means we're all fucking losers no we're not dude i'm not saying that none of us have what they call sin parasites things holding us back the difference is the more you identify with that shit the more you feed that shit The more that other people feed into it, the more that your God becomes your lack of self-worth. Human beings worship things, my friends. You don't get to choose to worship things. You only get to choose what to worship. You don't get to choose if you sacrifice or not. You only get to choose what you sacrifice. And so are the sacrifices you make every day in the face of your belief system, in the face of your God, in the face of your your North Star, 
Are they examined enough to know what they're really doing to you? Energy unexamined continues. It's another axiom of Scientology. Anything unexamined continues. What is it? Until a force is acted upon by an outside force? You understand this, right? Until you go over your life with a fine-tooth comb, it's just going to keep doing what it's done. And who are you to say that what you're doing is good without examining it? And so I tell you what. Bench players are fucking whiners. Second place are fucking competitors. And first place is for winners who know how to focus. When you focus, when you pray, when you sacrifice, when you pay attention to what you're going towards in life, the universe doesn't guarantee you assistance in getting there. Matter of fact, the universe might resist you going there. Nature might clench you in her fist and try to destroy you, but your will must prevail. Your will must prevail. And so pressure creates diamonds. Maybe all the incorrect criticism that I've dealt with over the past 10 months or so was exactly, exactly what I asked for. Maybe when you want a quote-unquote better life, Exactly what you're asking for is to be criticized, is to be hated, is turmoil, is entropy, is destruction. Maybe in order to create the new, you must destroy the old. Maybe you have to burn up like a phoenix and die and be reborn again and again and again. And go to new levels to the self again and again and again. And and so the question is. The question is. At what speed will you move in that direction? Well. In my estimation. You'll move in about exactly the speed at which your focus is pointed. Call it the speed of light for a reason. If you can focus at the speed of light, well, then you'll probably move at the the fucking speed of light. If you can't focus at the speed of light, you probably won't. The reason that I worked 240 fucking hours a month for $700 more than when I worked eight hours... Is because I was a master of limitation. On earth, we're all masters of limitation. 
Linear thinking reconfirms limitation. Linear thought is the nature of a limit. Just like every chess piece on a chess board is as limited as its relation to the chessboard. You can't get more linear than go to college, get a degree, go to a job, move up, get a 401k and attempt to retire. You cannot get more linear than that. Nobody who's had what all you motherfuckers claim to want has done things the way you thought that they should be done. Well, because life isn't linear, my friend. Life is not fucking linear. Life is entropy and every line you create gets destroyed. Or the will prevails. And so life is not linear. Not at least in the way that you guys think of it. If you were to go say, how do I become Mark Zuckerberg? You think Mark Zuckerberg knew how he was going to become Mark Zuckerberg? Do you think Elon Musk was born with a fucking roadmap on how to be Elon Musk? I love, have you guys heard of Dan Penna? Dan Penna says life is a motherfucking process, not a journey. I get it. Right? Find people who are where you want to be and go that direction. Okay, well, did Mark Zuckerberg meet Mark Zuckerberg so he could become Mark Zuckerberg? Did Steve Jobs meet Steve Jobs so he could become Steve Jobs? Right? All these fucking people, yes, they had mentors and people helped them out. But nothing they did was a linear motherfucking path that somebody hand-printed and gave them the script to follow their life to. You got to figure life out as it comes. In order to do that, you must be aware. In order to be aware, you must be focused. When you are focused, you will create interest. When you create interest, you will create curiosity. When you create that, you will hypnotize yourself in the direction you are going. You do not want to understand second place. Bench players are whiners. Second place is for competitors. First place is for winners who know how to focus.